the new Oaks Online Studio. What? How cool is this, Welcome. guys? Welcome to Oaks Online Series 3. Fabulous studio. We are here. back it's with gone. another episode, and today, wow, we've moved locations really nice. uh, because we finally got our hands on an Oaks Online Studio. We've got fantastic lighting. We've got some LEDs, some nice cameras. And we're going to make it so much better because it's a bit better at the moment. Keep your eyes out, guys, because over time, the, the amount of memorabilia that's going to be stacked in this room is going to be good. Uh, we've even got our lovely crew. Show them the crew. Hey these lovely people helping us out every time. Let's give a round of applause to the Oaks Online crew. Thanks, John. Thanks, Evan. They don't get enough credit. Okay, guys. Now let's talk about what we've got in store for you today. We have got the Bible talk. Yes. We've got an interview with John Firma. To Bible or not to Bible. And plenty of notices alongside. So let's get started. I'm super excited now. You all to see me and Josh do an interview with the real John Firma about his life, worship and more. It's going to be good, guys. Just you wait. This is the interview of a lifetime. Hello, everybody. We're joined today by our good friend John Firma. He is a legend in the church community. He's um, and he's he's actually um, our lead worship coordinator. So, John, tell us what is it like being a worship leader? What do you enjoy about it? Uh, the the lead worship coordinator. It's it's good. I like it actually. Good. Working with people, you're trying to help them to achieve the best that we can. Uh, both in terms of presentation, they're trying to help people think about what the, the content of what they do as well. In terms of, you know, is, are we worshiping God? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Are we actually expressing that in in ways that are helpful? How can we perhaps get better at it and things like that? Mm, good. So, John, how long have you been leading worship now? I can't remember exactly, but. Uh, Mid nineties, I think. Wow. wow, yeah, that is that is a long time. I wasn't even alive then. I actually led the first the worship at the first church meeting this century. Wow, I that, remember that. That is a. I was really pleased great. to do. It. I had a privilege to do that. That's a really good fact. Wow. Yeah, and then um, obviously we all know you. Uh, you sing and you play guitar. Do you play any other instruments at all? I do. Wow. I my main instrument is violin. Oh wow, Ooh. nice. But uh, play mandolin and bass and a few other things too. A John of all trades, then. Mm. Do you play the fiddle? I yes, you do describe it. Yes, yeah, yeah, violin, fiddle. Mm. Wow. All the same thing. He's the music man. Mm. He, is. he is. The violin I use is five string violin, so it's actually a viola and a mm. violin mm. combined. Yeah. So, um, so, John, we've established that you are the music man, but do you come from far away and, and where are like, your roots mm. in this world? My roots in this world, oh. Specifically? Uh, London, Brighton and Plymouth. 
Brighton. Wow. Oh, Brighton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mum's from London. Dad's from Brighton. I was born Brighton. in Plymouth. Wow. Plymouth. And somehow I found myself up here. How right. did you end up in Drumfield of all places? Migrant. Yeah. Yeah. They let me in though. Um, my dad felt called. He was vicar in a little town outside Plymouth and he felt called to work in Sheffield. Oh. Mm. So he travelled up here in a longer time ago when. In Galaxy Fafal. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> who. When there were no motorways. <laughs> the temperature was minus 20 or something. <laughs> Well, there you go. Um, so, um, yeah, any more questions? Yeah, John, how did you know? How did you come to know Jesus? Ah, right. So, as I've already said, I was a, a vicar's son. Mm. Uh, so, you know, you know, some people have this amazing thing, like Paul on the boat to Damascus, flashing lights, visions, the yeah. lot. Yeah, nothing like that. It was just um, a gradual realisation, really. Mm. Uh, my parents gave me books to read, hence the books you see. So Smart. little books like this. Nice. I mean, you don't have a look at it, some quality there. But various missionaries around the world. Sundar Singh. Sadhu Sundar Singh. Don't <laughs> damage it, it's lasted. That's right. I don't know how long it's lasted. Um, <laughs> Sorry, John. Fantastic tale of faith and miracles. And things like that interested me. Mm. So I used to read those. Nice. Very nice. And uh, I was interested, and I, I kept reading other books. And then one day we were about 13, something like that. We were on holiday in Scotland mm -hmm. in a tent. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for that. In a field. That's where tents go. <laughs> and I was reading a book, another book, and I thought something about this, and I want to get more involved. So I opened my book, and there you are. Alien. Abductions. Abductions. Oh, sorry, wrong book. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, and each chapter had a, a little prayer at the end of it, and I thought, oh, that's what to pray that. I didn't really feel a lot. It was just it was part of an evolution of a journey into faith mm. through my upbringing. Comedian. So good. So good. Okay, so John, we've spoken and you've told us in beautiful words how you came to know Jesus. Beautiful. beautiful. Um, but how did you actually come to know uh, your lovely wife, Fran? Mm, Fran. Uh, way back in the dark times of the 70s, right? Shortly after the three day week and all that, we, we moved up to Holmesfield in the, I think, early 70s. That's when my husband okay. became a Christian when I was 73. Not me, the year. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, there was a youth group which was known as youth at the Kens mm. met on a Sunday night. And all the disaffected and troubled youth of the region used to go and meet there and worship together. Um, my dad was vicar of Holmesfield at the time. So I've had a connection with this area for a long, long mm. time. Uh, and I got involved with this. And I've been in about three or four years and then Fran turned up. Might be more than that, I'm not sure, but a yeah, long time ago. Uh, speaking of Fran, what are your opinions on Fran's um, outstanding fame with uh, Sunday School videos? Well, frankly, it's bizarre. <laughs> 10,000 hits yeah, yeah, across the world. What's amazing, going on? Isn't it? Yeah. I have no idea. It's, it, is, it is amazing. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very nice. And um, yeah, so 
thank you very much for telling us about that. We uh, we've got a few more questions for you, John. First and foremost, um, is there a particular like vegetable or like crop, crop in general that you're like a huge fan of? Um, I hate tomatoes. Okay, but they're fair fruit, enough. so I don't know if that counts. No tomato. What are your favourite? So I don't know. I eat bananas all the time. Good choice. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I've got two fruit. bananas growing in the garden, but they've never produced oh, any wow. yet. Oh, okay. Well, maybe they'll get there. What's your favourite? Me? Mm. My favourite crop, corn. Ooh, corn. You can, like, make nachos out of it, cornflakes, sweet corn. corn. You know, it's versatile. Corn flour. The list goes on. Okay, so let's talk about Sanctuary, John. Okay. One of your finest creations. Uh, I love it. Yeah. So, thoughts? Uh, what gave you the idea? Can you to... tell us what is Sanctuary yeah, first? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Right. So Fran and I sort of felt there was uh, a gap somewhere, and we talked to Emma and to Richard and to people, or Fran did mainly, even me, um, about what we could do to fill this gap. Mm. And we thought about it, and then we got the go-ahead to, to do something. I thought, oh, great. What do we do now? So you start off with coming up with a name is a good start. Mm. Uh, Sanctuary was a good name. I sort of mentioned it to Emma, who immediately said, "That's yeah, let's do that." Where did it come from? Where did the name? Um, there's a, and this is part of the vision, if you like. In the Old Testament, the priests couldn't go into the sanctuary of the temple of God. There was only one priest allowed in, and he's to tie a, a rope to his big toe. So if he passed out in the glory of God, they could pull him out. It's all there. Uh, and there's this, I've always had this thing about this, this temple worship where we get to meet, go into the temple to meet the king. Mm. We can worship face to face. And that's where that came from, the sanctuary as part of the temple. Amazing. Thank you. So, um, John, you've came to Monday Night Youth a few times. Mm. And um, you've, you've showed us about your passion for nature. And uh, there was that one time where you scraped some bark off ate and ate tree. some tree sap. So yeah. where did your um, passion for nature arise? Uh, there is a really good answer to this. It's a true answer as well. When I was about two, yeah. um, was, after church, we lived in this big vicarage in, in Plymouth. Mm. And the dog came in while my mum was preparing dinner with a rat. Oh dear. And I remember it, still remember it vividly now. Mm. I thought, well, that's interesting. Mm. <laughs> and really, that's, that's part of my interest, spot, really. Yeah. Just, yeah. There you go. Well, that's really good. So, John, back on worship now. How do you personally, John, how do you engage on worship? Uh, in a variety of ways, because worship isn't just what we sing or what we say. It should be your life. I say should because it's not that easy, of course. It's like everything else. You have to work at it. You have to practice at it. I'm, try I'm trying to develop seeing God in all things. Mm. Uh, I've always felt that way as regards walking in the countryside, feeling, you know, seeing the beauty of creation. Yeah. Seeing what we've got in this world. Mm. I've always loved music. And the, the feelings that you get when listening to music, and not just Christian music. 
um, I don't know, it just it comes together. I've been a musician for longer than I care to remember. Mm. And all those things come together. And then somehow I became a, a worship leader almost by accident in the mid-90s. <laughs> so I had to learn to play the guitar. I only played bass and fiddle and mandolin mm. at that point or something. So. Is there a particular song, um, mm. like a worship song, that resonates with you personally? That changes. Mm. See his love? Yeah, I did that especially for you yesterday. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, it changes. The songs over the years, yeah, over the many, many years. Yeah. One of the ones I also did yesterday, um, The Goodness of God. Mm. For surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. And written down this beautiful melody. Uh, and that's probably my current favourite. Yeah. yeah. It's a good one. Mm. So, John, we all know that you are a massive music fan. But... What is your favourite noise other than music? <sighs> mm, favourite noise? I don't know. Mother, can I have several? Yes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. If you name them all. <laughs> okay, four-cylinder motorbike. Good choice. With loud pipes. Wow, yeah. Had a few of those. Something like that. Or mm -hmm. um, the sound of swifts screaming in May as they sweep in from Africa and herald the beginning of the summer. What? Horse of Swift? Oh, bird is a bird. Oh, bird. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> I, I, I see, Jack, my work here is not done yet. Is no. it? You need to come in again to mm. Monday Night Youth and teach the youth about animals. Because yeah. we really loved it when you came and taught us about plant life. Um, but I we think taught us how to eat nettles. On to fauna next, after the flora. Yes. So, um, <laughs> John, uh, what was I going to ask you? Yes, as you are our, our lead worship coordinator at the Oaks Community Church, do you have any advice for people in the church who are looking to maybe one day become worship leaders themselves? And if they were, um, how would they go about doing that? It's all about the heart, mm. not about how technically good you are on yeah. any instrument. You can't, I can't, can't lead worship. I can't take people where I haven't been. So if I'm standing up on on a Sunday leading worship, I've already worshipped to what I'm, I'm doing. It's already touched me. I've already been affected by it. You are so wise. <laughs> yeah. So, John, if someone did want to get into the worship team, uh, how do we do this and what does, it, what, does, what does it have in store for me? Just talk to me. I'd, I'd love to arrange a few more practices which, mm. uh, so people can just come along and have a go. Yeah. There's only, you know, what's it, 52 Sundays in a year or whatever. Mm. The more people that are involved, the better. Because Definitely. we we all come at things from a slightly different direction. And that's a gift. We can all bring something out of, out of a meeting that you can bring something that I can't bring. Mm. And vice versa. We need a, a unity and a team to bring that out, really. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, have we have we got any more questions for John? Um, yeah. Yeah, John, have you had any particularly life-changing experiences well, um, with, like, with your Christian faith or just in general that have like, really affected you? 
I have. It's okay if you're not willing to share. <laughs> it's too difficult to say. Uh, yeah, I can't, you know, I'm sorry, I can't really think of any specifics. That's fine. I just think no of uh, uh, a lifetime of different experiences, all of which, is, you know, I, we t I talked earlier about Paul and his conversal on the road to Damascus. Mm. Whiz bang, it all happened then. As I say, my, a lot of my Christian growth has been gradual, if you like. Yeah. So in a way, your entire life has been just one big life-changing experience. Isn't everybody's? Mm. Mm. You heard it here. One thing about the worship is that uh, as you do leave a meeting, have you ever heard anybody reciting the words of the talk? No. Have you ever heard anybody walking out of the building reciting the notices? No. Have you ever heard anybody walk out of the building singing the songs that we've just been singing? <laughs> yeah. I heard people do it yesterday. Mm. Um, I, I try and choose songs that hopefully accurately, accurately represent what it says in the Bible. Mm. The songs I used yesterday, there were two psalms in there. I go through my worship songs and I write on where the, the Bible passage, where they come from, where I can. If you walk out of this building singing Psalm 24, mm. it's not going to do you any harm, is it? <laughs> no. And hopefully it's going to do you some good. Yeah. So you're going to carry that with you. Nice. John, are you a fan of stew? Which kind of stew? Well, this any is it. Cream, is there a particular like, um, favourite stew for you? I'm not a great fan of stew, to be honest. Me neither. I think it's arguably overrated. I'm what about uh, another question, John, which is a usual here in the Oaks Online studio, is what is your favourite uh, cereal? Ah. Uh, Frosties. Oh, oh, good choice. I think that's the best one we've had, because all the others uh, yeah. are just granola and muesli. That, so yeah. It makes a change. I try not to eat it too often, because People telling me it's not good for you. Mm. It's but, good for your mind, though, isn't it? It's good for the so it's, head, bad for and the it, heart. I think at the end of the day, if you eat healthily for the rest of the day, and also, bear in mind, some people don't have any breakfast. Mm. So I think, you know, I would have... Graham Reed, he, he said he eats worms. I mean, I don't, any, any day, frosties over worms. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, John. Um, and more, more. I don't... Yeah. Okay, John, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a pleasure. Thank it's you very much. Pleasure. All, the pleasure's all mine. And I've thoroughly enjoyed the times when we've worshipped together in the band. I hope yeah, that's me too. More thank in the future. You. Thank you. Sure yeah, come again. See his love. I'll save it for you next time we're on. Okay. Thanks a lot, John. Thanks, thank Johnny. That was a great talk. Absolutely loved the interview with John. Always. I always love speaking to him, so it's Such nice. Such a wise fella. He is. He's yeah, one of the best we've ever had. So thanks a lot for that, John. So um, yeah, now me, myself, Joshua Brown, I actually spent some time last week meeting with the lovely Julia Fletcher. Mm -hmm. And Fletcher. We, uh, we spoke about anointing and what it is. Do you know what it is? I hope not, because you're going to find out in our Bible talk, which is coming on now. Ooh.
this is how God Welcome to this week's Bible Talk discussion. I am joined by the lovely Julia, and today we're going to be watching a uh, a Bible project video all about anointing. Do you know anything about anointing? I know a little bit about anointing. Interesting. We'll know more when we see. We will. We will. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's let's, let's do it. Mm -hmm. There's a ritual in the Bible involving fragrant plants and spices that make a rich oil to pour on special objects or people. This is called anointing oil. And its meaning is rooted in the story of the Garden of Eden, where God provided water for the dry land and formed the human, filling him with his spirit. This is the first anointing. The oil is a liquid symbol. It's the water of life and God's spirit combined together, used to mark a person or a place as a bridge between heaven and earth. During his wilderness exile, Jacob had a dream. He sees a stairway leading up to heaven. When he wakes, he anoints the stone on which he slept and called the place House of God, a place where heaven and earth are one. The Israelites built the tabernacle in the wilderness. When it was completed, they anointed the tent with oil, marking it as a place where God's heavenly presence has come down to earth. Israel's priests and their kings were anointed with oil to set them apart as leaders, to mediate God's heavenly wisdom to the world. But they rejected God's wisdom. They led with violence leading to ruin and exile. Their failure created hope for the ultimate anointed one. One anointed not merely with oil, but with water and spirit. Not merely a bridge to heaven, but heaven itself come to earth. This is Jesus Christ. More than a name, Christ is a title. It means anointed one the new human, the ultimate priest, the cosmic king, God's heavenly life coming into our world in a new way, a surprising way. And after Jesus rose from the dead, he spread his anointing out into the world through his followers. Christians, from the word Christ, anointed ones who follow the anointed one. People marked by God's spirit so that more and more of earth can be filled with the life of heaven. Right, mm. nice one. What a good video that was. was good. Right, so Julia, I'm just going to ask you a few questions now okay. about anointing, see what you've picked up from the video. Okay. So uh, first things first, what is anointing? I my interpretation is that it's that um, that touch of God, that blessing from God, and 
that rather like being filled with the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, that anointing was for specific people for specific tasks, was now because of Jesus, we're all filled with the Holy Spirit and we're all anointed. We're, we're yeah. little Christians. So it's about us being Christ and that, um, and it's about God's blessing as well being upon us. So that's kind of one, one side. That's the kind of the general, the gist of it that we're all yeah. anointed by God. So in the past, was it sort of more like a physical thing of like having the the oil put on you, whereas now it's sort of more um, like spiritual or or like metaphorical, kind of just having the Holy Spirit in you. Well, yeah, it's both. In the Old Testament, it was it was most definitely a specific oil, and there's a lovely recipe. For making mm. it, it's very uh, perfumed, and uh, there's, a, there's a bit in the Bible we'll put the reference up for how that it was made, and it was like a very heavy, sensual perfume. Um, and you tended to you tend to find people like the high priests anointing the kings, uh, Samuel anointing David, and, and so lots of lots of times through. When it comes to the New Testament, similar thing happens when Jesus has his feet anointed mm. by Mary. That was a, a precious oil. Um, and today, we still use that literally anointing people with oil for specific um, circumstances. So if you watch the coronation of a king, that was part of the service where yeah. he was anointed with oil as like God's God's person in that role. Um, and on occasions as Christians, we can be called to anoint the sick with oil. Um, and there's nothing kind of magical about it. You use a little bottle of olive oil and just lay a bit on their forehead and pray for them. Um, so it's it's the same. So in the Old Testament, it always tended to be applied mm. to a person by someone special for a specific purpose, whereas today we carry that anointing always, but we can also anoint yeah. other people for a purpose. So what does it do? Like, what's the difference between just praying for someone or, or praying for them after? actually anointing them um well the bible talks about actually anointing the sick with oil so one assumes um there's something significant in there we don't always do that sometimes we just pray for people we don't even have to be with the person to pray mm. for them in the name of jesus and they can be healed so i guess it's one of those things of listening to uh, to god and what he's saying yeah listen to what our, our father tells us to do so, yeah, so sometimes in the Bible um, we're encouraged to do something or perhaps we hear God encouraging us to do something and one of those things can be to anoint someone with oil. And it's just one of those mysteries that we come across in our faith. Yeah. Um, we don't have the answers. It's not a formula. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get such a result or, or not. But yeah. It's obedience, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, is there specific people that can be anointed or can it just be anyone? I think anybody can be anointed. Um, we carry that anointing. As Christians, we carry the anointing of the blessing of God yeah. anyway. Um, and if we were hearing God to anoint somebody, then it wouldn't matter if they were a believer or not. If they were someone that was sick, then perhaps just God's asking us to anoint them yeah. with that blessing of God. Um, but very often it's something that happens within sort of church or church community environments. Um, so sometimes you can hear someone say there's an anointing of, um, I don't know, healing or an anointing of, or a special gifting 
mm. I see you carry an anointing. Um, again, it's part of that kind of mystery thing. It can be something that someone is carrying for a specific purpose for a specific yeah. time. I don't have all the answers, sadly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, you mentioned that there was a, a specific passage that was, you know, like a recipe. Mm. Uh, that's in Exodus 30, verse, uh, verse 22 to 25, which says that the Lord spoke to Moses saying, also for yourself, quality spices, 500 shekels of liquid myrrh, half as much sweet smelling cinnamon, 250 shekels. Is it shekels? Mm. Um, 250 shekels of sweet smelling cane, 500 shekels of cassia, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and a hint of olive oil. And you shall make these from holy anointing oil, an, an, an anointment compounded according to the art of the perfumer. It shall be a holy anointing oil. So yeah, lots, um, lots of ingredients mm. going into it, creating... It must smell quite nice, the amount I think of so, yeah. perfumes and I mean, stuff. Most of us know what cinnamon smells like. Yeah. Donuts and good things like that. Yeah. yeah. And it's that lovely, I don't know, warm, floral, yeah, Christmas. Christmas, Christmasy yeah. smells. Um, but anointing oils were used for, um, in the Old Testament, for when people were, were being buried, the burying of the dead. And, and that particular episode of Mary anointing Jesus' feet with that very expensive perfume, mm. which will have been a, a perfumed oil. And everyone criticised her, and Jesus said, no, she's anointing me for my death, so he knew. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's quite interesting and broad, and yeah. can go down lots of little little avenues. But I think the key thing to remember for us is that we carry, it's a blessing, and that Psalm 133 refers to God's blessing being like the oil. Yeah. Um, so it's a blessing that we carry and we can give to other people. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. I want a donut now. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay, thank you, Julia. So, yeah, clearly um, we don't have all the answers, and even if we did, there'd be no way of us to wrap them all up into this little taster. But no. if you are interested in finding out more about anointing, we'll put the links in the description to a podcast and some other resources all about anointing. Uh, we've got about seven hours of content you can watch from the Bible mm. Project, all about this topic. So do have a look there if you're interested. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Thank you. And back to you guys in the studio. Now time for to Bible. Or not to Bible. Whoa. Ooh. Okay, guys, if you remember, we've recently been doing a series in which we tell you one real Bible verse and one. And you have to guess which is which. Let's give them the answers to last week's. Yes. I hope you got it so right. One of them last week was See, I will make you small among the nations. You will be. That last, 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 last week. That is embarrassing. Let me. Um, we ain't got it on here, guys. Bear with us. We're facing some technical difficulties. Now John is going to play us last week's clip. The first Bible verse we have, or not Bible verse, is We have become the scum of the earth, the garbage of this world. Wow. 
Okay, and the second Bible verse, what is this? Issachar was the father of Asher, the father of Jacob, who was the father of Aaron, who was the father of Naomi and Jebazar. Jebazar was married to Miriam, the daughter of Absalom, and it was they who birthed Zebediah. Now, I mean, both of them, I can't lie, don't sound mm. like Bible verses, although no. second one does like sound like something you might find in Numbers or Chronicles. Maybe. Although, yeah, I mean, it's You'll hard to, to know. Out. Okay, so a bit of a tricky one. Have you worked out the answer? Let's reveal what it was. The correct answer was, we have become scum of the earth, the garbage of this world. That was real. What, what book's that from? It's from uh, 1 Corinthians Chapter 4, verse 13, actually. Wow. Gosh. Wow. That's from. Very nice, very nice. Now, guys, I hope you got that right. Let us know if you did down in the comments. And um, let's move on now to this week's To Bible. Or not To Bible. The first verse is... Praise to the Lord who cares, after even the lost are found. Wow, okay. Okay, and the, the second verse. Blessed is the mother who... who who have birthed you and nursed you. Okay, tricky one. That's a hard one. It could literally be either. I feel like they both sound like they could be real, but they also both sound like so stereotypical we could have easily created them ourselves. Difficult one, guys. Let us know what you think, and we will reveal the answer in next week's episode of... To Bible or Not To Bible. Unfortunately, that's all that we have time for on today's episode of Oaks Online. We will see you next episode where all will be revealed. So, yeah, with that being said, uh, bye!
shine